Hello and welcome to episode 813 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, February 24th, 2024, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri's Saturday prayer to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain her patronage. O my most holy mother, I see the graces which thou hast obtained for me, and I see the ingratitude of which I have been guilty towards thee. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors, but I will not on this account distrust thy mercy, which is greater than my ingratitude. O my great advocate, pity me. Thou dispensest all the graces which God grants to us miserable creatures, and for this purpose he has made thee so powerful, so rich, and so benign. He has done so that thou mightest succor us in our miseries. Ah, mother of mercy, leave me not in my poverty. Thou art the advocate of the most miserable and guilty criminals who have recourse to thee. Defend me also who recommends myself to thee. Say not that my cause is too difficult to be gained for all causes, however desperate, when defended by thee are gained. In thy hands then do I place my eternal salvation. To thee do I entrust my soul. It was lost. Thou then, by thy intercession, hast to save it. I wish to be inscribed amongst thy most devoted servants. Reject me not. Thou seekest the miserable to relieve them. Abandon me not, who am a wretched sinner and who have recourse to thee. Speak for me. Thy son does all that thou askest him. Take me under thy protection. That is all that I ask. Yes, for if thou protectest me, I fear nothing. I do not fear my sins, for thou wilt obtain me a remedy for the evil they have done me. I do not fear the devils, for thou art more powerful than all hell. I do not even fear Jesus, my judge himself, for by a single prayer of thine he is appeased. I only fear that by my negligence I may cease to recommend myself to thee and thus be lost. It is true that these graces are too great for me, who have not deserved them, but they are not too great for thee, who art so much loved by God. Hence he grants thee all that thou askest. Thou hast only to speak, and he denies thee nothing. Pray then to Jesus for me. Tell him that thou protectest me, and then he is sure to pity me. My mother, in thee do I trust. In this hope I shall live in peace, and in it I wish to die. Live Jesus our love, and Mary our hope. Today, friends, we're going to take a look at Meditations for Lent once more by St. Thomas Aquinas, published by Sheed and Ward in 1937. This edition is available for free at fisheaters.com. That's fisheaters.com, a great traditional Catholic website. Today is entitled First Saturday for the first Saturday after Lent, the first Saturday of Lent, I should say. The subtitle is The Love of God Shown in the Passion of Christ. St. Thomas begins with Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. God commandeth his charity towards us. Excuse me, God commendeth his charity towards us. Because when as yet we were sinners, according to the time Christ died for us, Number one, Christ died for the ungodly. This is a great thing if we consider who it is that died. A great thing also if we consider on whose behalf he died. For scarce, for a just man, will one die. That is to say that you will hardly find anyone who will die even to set free a man who is innocent. Nay, even if it is said, the just perisheth, and no man layeth to heart. Rightly, therefore, 
does St. Paul say scarce will one die? There might perhaps be found one, some one rare person, who out of superabundance of courage would be so bold as to die for a good man. But this is rare for the simple reason that so to act is the greatest of all things. Greater love than this no man hath, says our Lord himself, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. But the like of what Christ did himself to die for evildoers and the wicked has never been seen. Wherefore, rightly do we ask in wonderment why Christ did it. This is such an excellent point that the angelic doctor brings up. We're all wicked sinners. And yet our Lord dies for us when, as St. Thomas very astutely points out, maybe rarely on a, a, a certain exceedingly rare occasion, someone with a superabundance of courage would be willing to die for a just man. But that's vanishingly rare. And then we have perfection incarnate. The greatest man who's ever lived, the God-man. The second person of the most holy trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ. Willing to die for wretched sinners like you and me. This is unfathomable. Jesus is unfathomable mercy. It's absolutely astounding how good our God is, how gracious he is, what he's willing to do for us. He holds nothing back. He's the ultimate lover. It's remarkable, and and indeed it defies description. It's beyond words how much God loves us and what he's willing to do for us. He holds absolutely nothing back. Number two. St. Thomas says, if in fact it be asked why Christ died for the wicked, the answer is that God in this way commendeth his charity towards us. He shows us in this way that he loves us with a love that knows no limits. For while we were as yet sinners, Christ died for us. The very death of Christ for us shows the love of God. For it was his son whom he gave to die. That satisfaction might be made for us. God so loved the world as to give his only begotten son. John 3.16, the famous phrase you see held up on signs at football games and baseball games. And thus, as the love of God the Father for us, is shown in his giving us his Holy Spirit, so also is it shown in this way, by his gift of his only Son. The Apostle says, God commendeth, signifying thereby that the love of God is a thing which cannot be measured. This is shown by the very fact of the matter, namely, the fact that he gave his Son to die for us. And it is shown also by reason of the kind of people we are for whom he died. Christ was not stirred up to die for us by any merits of ours, when as yet we were sinners. God, who is rich in mercy, 
St. John Paul II wrote that encyclical Dives in Misericordia, Rich in Mercy, for his exceeding charity, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together in Christ. I'll pause for a moment here and emphasize St. Thomas's point that God's love for us is limitless. Think of the best relationships you have in your life. It could be with your spouse or your parents or your siblings, children. You love these people immensely. They love you immensely. But our love is finite because we are finite creatures. We can't love without limits. It might feel like that until the, the woman or the man you're in love with, I love you endlessly. But only the unlimited, only the omnipotent and the omniscient can love without limits. And that's God and no one else. So I say again, it's astounding that he not only loves us, but he loves us without limit. A love that is truly unending because he wants us to be with him and see him face to face forever. That's truly a love that never ends. A love that goes on into eternity. A perfect love. The only perfect love that's, that's possible. God's love for us. probably heard it said before I probably the first person I, I heard to say that I heard say this was Dr. Scott Hahn the eminent Catholic biblical theologian Jesus Christ paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay we can't make up for sin there's that infinite chasm between us and God our Lord comes into that gap as truly God and truly man. And he pays the debt in spades for what we cannot do, for what we inherited from Adam and Eve. And once again, it's important here to add that we're either building up the body of Christ by our virtuous acts or tearing down the body of Christ by our sinful deeds. So it's important to remain in the state of grace. It's important to go to confession often should we fall into grave sin, get to confession immediately. It's so important. What's more important than your soul, friends? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing more important than that. Where you spend your eternity. It's going to be one of two places for everyone. Heaven or hell. Finally, number three. All these things are almost too much to be believed. And again, I'd add that phrase that Chesterton and others have, have, have stated. Catholicism is almost too good to be true, except it's all true. And St. Thomas here quotes from Habakkuk 1.5, A work is done in your days, which no man will believe when it shall be told. This truth that Christ died for us is so hard a truth that scarcely can our intelligence take hold of it. Nay, it is a truth that our intelligence could in no way discover. 
and St. Paul preaching makes echo to Habakkuk. I work a work in your days, a work which you will not believe, if any man shall tell it to you. Acts thirteen fourteen. So great is God's love for us and his grace towards us that he does more for us than we can believe or understand. That's worth repeating. So great is God's love for us and his grace towards us that he does more for us than we can believe or understand. It's beyond comprehension, friends. Beyond description. The immensity of God's love for us. Some people say, you know, Catholicism is just a list of rules and regulation. And what is this like? God doesn't want you to have fun or something like that. No, God wants you to have the most enjoyable, fulfilling life possible. He knows what's best for us intimately. He knows us better than our fathers, our mothers, our spouses, our children know us, our best friend. He wants to be our best friend. But we need to become his loyal disciples and ask him for the grace to do that. He loves us more than anyone could possibly love us. And he knows intimately what's best for us. And as far as the church having a bunch of rules and regulations, um, I'm paraphrasing here once again, but the eminent uh, English convert to the, the faith, Gilbert Keith Chesterton, talked about having a yard that's fenced in you know, for children so they don't go wandering off out of the yard or, God forbid, off a cliff or something like that. Well, that's what it's like in Catholicism. You know, God has us fenced in, so to speak, because he knows if we get beyond those boundaries, we can get into trouble. And since we're his beloved children, these rules and regulations are set up for our good. Like Cardinal Robert Seurat, who would make a, a good pope, said, doctrine is Christ. The doctrines and the dogmas of the faith is nothing less than the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's bear that in mind, and I'll, I'll leave you with that once again. It's worth saying a, a third time because it's so sublime. So great is God's love for us and his grace towards us that he does more for us than we can believe or understand. Let us conclude, friends, by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information pertaining to RPM. That's an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know she's a comprehensive genius who composes music, poetry, very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Communication is a human right. Imagine how sad and frustrated you would be if you were unable to communicate. RPM is taking 
non-speakers out of the prison of silence and getting them into the world of open communication where they rightfully belong. In terms of communication, this has been as big for non-speakers as sign language was for the deaf. Or you can also point to Braille for the blind in terms of their being able to read. It's that massive, but you can't use a tool unless you know about it. So that's where you come in. Please spread this information far and wide and may God richly bless you for doing so. Please say an Ave Maria for yours truly, and I will talk to you again very soon. Goodbye, and God love you.